Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. The title of this sermon is, Sin Surrounded the Home. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. That through the patience and comfort the scriptures might have hope. We go to the Word of God. And why do we talk about intercessory prayer? I wanted to spend a little time on it before we got into 19 because... Jesus intercedes for you. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. It's a great verse. Therefore, He is also able to save forever those who come to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. He sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. If Jesus intercedes for us, what should we be doing as a body of Christ? Interceding for each other. It's important for us to, to get that. I think the saddest thing that we get from these, this scripture as we head into 19 is that we didn't have 10 people that were righteous because the city gets judged. 350 people, 350,000 people, and not 10 could be found in Sodom. But do you realize that 10 people can change a, a city? 10 people that are willing to walk with God Ten people that are willing to intercede for others. Ten people that are willing to seek God's will. Ten people that are willing to, to have the power of the Holy Spirit guide and direct their steps. Ten people that are willing to walk by faith and not by sight. Ten people that are willing to understand the promises and the scriptures of God and to step out and do them. It's all it requires. It's for us to step out in faith and do what God has called us. But the life of a casual Christian gets comfortable and they start making decisions that that actually 
either one go against God's word or or they put things in front of God that they think are more important and they don't they don't spend time in God's word they stop praying they stop interceding they stop serving so as we look at verse 1 here in Genesis 19 we see the life of a casual Christian gets comfortable with the wicked now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom when Lot saw them he stood up met them and bowed down with his face to the ground so we go from Lot in Genesis 13:12. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled in the cities of the vicinity of Jordan and moved his tents as far as Sodom. A casual Christian will begin to move towards sin. It's it's what happens. They get they 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 you know they 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 start looking at it and and they their eyes you know, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. And so he moved his tent towards Sodom. He's moving closer and closer, but we see him sitting at the gate. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled in the cities of Jordan, moved his tents as far as Sodom. But then we see in Genesis 14:12, after the war, then also took Lot, Abram's nephew, and his possessions and departed, for he was living in Sodom. He lost everything. He was being blessed, and it's got nothing to do with prosperity. He was being blessed by being with Abraham and walking with God, and he loses everything by getting closer and closer to sin. He's lost it all. He's lost it all. But now we find him sitting at the gate. And to be at the gate was a place of position, a place of authority. He made decisions about the city. So Lot had compromised himself to the point where he was not living in a tent, but he was walking amongst the people of Sodom and living with them. It's compromise. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, it says, Do not worry then, saying, What are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you all need these things, but this is the key to every Christian's life. But seek first the kingdom of his righteousness. And all these things will be provided to you. If I seek first the kingdom of righteousness, it doesn't matter what happens to the church. It doesn't matter what happens to uh, you know, uh, uh, the things that are happening within the world around me. I just continue to keep seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what God has called us to do. And all these things will be provided to you. We forget that. So do not worry about tomorrow, verse 34, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I gotta let this day, this day's been a day. It's been a week. It's got enough trouble. I'm done with it. Not worried about tomorrow because I don't know what tomorrow is bringing. But I am going to seek first the kingdom of God. Where am I supposed to be on a Wednesday night teaching the word of God? Where are you supposed to be on a Wednesday night? You put things in, in, in over the kingdom of God and you will pay the penalty for that. There's a price that you pay for that. There's blessings in obedience. Don't expect blessings in disobedience. It doesn't happen that way. 
But see what he's talking about here is 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 Lot had all these possessions and he lost them. And now he's he's in a place of authority. So he's there because he's in a place of authority. And you have to be very careful when you're in a place of authority because you just want the title to be in a place of authority. And the other part of that is too is we have to be very careful that we're not drowning in stuff. Stuff that has nothing to do with God. That we're grasping and holding on to the wrong things. That's what happened to Lot. That's why he's sitting at the gate. Surrounded by sin. And this is what a comfortable life will bring. You seek first the world and not the kingdom of God. That's what Lot was doing. The other problem with Lot is he did something that shouldn't have never happened. The pre-incarnate Jesus Christ shows up to Abraham and what does Abraham do? He falls at his feet because he knows who he is. Lot falls at the feet of two angels. That's what happens. You get away from God's word. You get away from knowing God's will. The Holy Spirit's not guiding you no more. You start doing silly things and falling at the feet of angels. And Satan can come as light. He bowed down with his face to the ground. What happens when that happens in Revelation? Revelation 19.10 says, Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brothers and sisters who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What is it that you're bowing down down to today that you're not supposed to be? That you have placed in front of God, but you're bowing down to it that belongs to the world. That has nothing to do with God. It's a false light. Satan will come and act like light and trip you up. Next thing you know, you're bowing down to sin. So we have him sitting at the gate comfortable. That's where Lot is at. He's sitting where he's not supposed to be sitting. As, as believers in Christ, we are called to be servants of God. We're called to serve, not to sit. I heard a pastor this past Sunday, one of the things they did, and I, I loved hearing his testimony because it brought me comfort and let me know that, you know, sometimes we're going through bumps and bruises as a church and things get uncomfortable. And he said they just renovated their whole church. This is one of the fastest growing churches in the valley. Renovated the whole chapel. COVID hit. They couldn't even do church in the chapel. So they decided to go outside. He followed, I think it was Jack Hibbs or John Randall, one of them who did the... Uh, uh, drive-in church in California. And so he's like, we'll do that. And then what happens, he goes, he started having people get out of the cars. He goes, well, we need to start getting seats for these people. And next thing you know, he got tents. And they started doing church in the tent. Well, COVID happened and COVID's passed and they're still in the tents. So whether it's hot or cold, they have heat for the heaters that they bring out and then fans when it's hot. And he said there's been more church growth during that uncomfortable season. And they haven't gone back into the chapel. They're out in the parking lot in a tent. Now, he's like, pastors, you may think that's crazy. But that's what God has given me to do. He goes, but I'm there to try to grow and make disciples and see them mature. That's my job. And I'm like, dude, I'm right with you. I think it's good for you to be a little uncomfortable. I think the American church has gotten too comfortable. 
And we're expected, you know, we come in. I love Miss Pam. She came in. It's like, is there anything I can do? That's church. Like, you're looking for, where do you need me? But what we do a lot of times is we come in waiting to be served. That's not what you were called to do. You were called to be servants. We had all the men here. They stayed almost an hour and a half serving beyond church to get stuff taken down, take care of some things from Miss Waller. They did all of that stuff because they're servants. Where do you need me? What happens is we get at the gate and we're waiting to be served. And we're bowing down to the wrong things. As we get in verse 2, we start seeing that sin surrounded the home. In Genesis chapter 2, uh, 19 verse 2, it says, And he said, Now behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise, very, very important you catch this, early and go on your way. They said, No, but we shall spend the night in the public square. Yet he strongly urged them, so they turned aside to him, and they entered in his house, and he prepared a feast for them, and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. And before they laid down, the, men of, the uh, men of the city and the men of Sodom surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. So they have sin that's surrounding the house. Those men, as we'll look at next week, want to have relations with these men. Homosexuality. And I want to make sure you get that. It's both young and old. So when we talk about over the next few weeks, when I say the alphabet people, so we don't get popped on Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff, you all know who I'm talking about. Homosexuality and talking about the, that community. And so this is why Lot is telling the angels, he's like, hey, y'all need to, it's not necessarily for hospitality. It's like, look, I'm trying to protect you because I know the sin that's in this city and how perverse the men are in this city. San Francisco. You can do gay, gay pride parade, whatever you want to do. It's, all that stuff is happening. We have Sodom and Gomorrah happening in almost every liberal city in this, in this nation. He's trying to protect them from the Sodomites. And so it's important for us to understand that you have the pre-incarnate God. The, and, and this is important as you understand Jesus. Jesus has always stood outside of time. He's always existed. So when you say Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, you're absolutely wrong. God did. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. It's in God's Word. Who is the Word? The Logos is Jesus Christ. It has been talked about. It's talked about not only in the Old Testament, but it's also talked about in the New Testament. Now, you have free will, and if you want to do it, God will give you up to your debased mind, and you'll be just like the Sodomites. They want to rape these men. Not have just have relations with them, but rape them. Old, young. It's affected every generation. And so when he, he offers the courtesy, he's like, dude, y'all cannot sleep in the park. You have no clue what happens at night here. You are men of God. You can't, I can't let this happen to you. But as soon as you wake up, you've got to get out of here early. You can't be here. This is a sinful place. Then Lot, why are you here? Why are you here? And why is your family here? Your house is surrounded by sin. 
And that's why we have to ask the question is, why is it that we get uncomfortable to be around godly people when we're walking in sin? Or you're dancing on the toes of sin? Like you're trying to blur the line of sin. And, and we'll get that question sometimes from kids. They'll ask that question, you know, how, how close is too close? How close can I get before I sin? It's, I remember a pastor saying at one time, it's like if you, if, what's your favorite food, Miss Brown? Yeah. Like if you had a plate, it would be like your thing. Like what? Veggies. Kirk? What if, what if I had a, you could have a plate of your favorite thing, what would it be? Cheesecake. All right. With any kind of strawberries or just plain, there you go. Babe, what would you, what's your thing? Too many to count. Huh? Your soup? There you go. Called all the rest. So if you have your favorite food, your favorite soup, your favorite plate of veggies, your favorite dessert, and the waitress brings it out to you and you put the fork in and you pull a hair out. And it's not just a little hair. It's a long one. Now, are you going to go, well, it's only on this side of the plate, so... I can eat everything on that side of the plate. Are you just going to go, I can't have anything to do with it? Because I know for me, I don't want nothing to do with it. If there's a hair on the plate, I'm done. I don't even want to eat. I don't even bring me anything else back out. And I need to give me my check and let me go. That's your answer on how close is too close. If you know it's sin, you know it's vile, you know it's dirty, don't mess with it. Send it back. Can't have that around me. Proverbs 12, verse 15 says, The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a person who listens to advice is wise. Where are you getting your advice from? Are you getting godly counsel or ungodly counsel? Who are you hanging out with? Because Lot's hanging out with a bunch of ungodly people. That's what a casual Christian will do. How close is too close? Well, I can go to the bar, just won't drink. Two weeks later, you're at the bar drinking. How close is too close? What's that old saying? Show me your friends and I'll show you your, your character. Show me your friends and I'll show you your character. Who are you hanging out with? If it's a bunch of ungodly people, your answer's there. You need to get out of Sodom. Because eventually you're going to fall into sin. You're going to be drawn to it. To grow your faith or grow in faith and to fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ, we, He has given to us, we must regularly gather together for, this is important. So if you're going to grow as a Christian, things that should be a priority in your life is to gather together for instructions, worship, encouragement, and prayer. God has never called a Christian to a solitary life, ever. And it's sad, you see Genesis 19, verse 4, but before them they laid down, and the men of city and the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. Within a few hours, the house is surrounded. And he tells them in verse 19, verse 5, he says, And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out. To us that we may know them or have relations with them. 
Now next week we're going to spend quite a bit of time looking at those next verses as we think about the compromise and, and, and how Lot compromises and begins to try to negotiate with the wicked to the point where he tries to offer his daughters instead. And it gets bad. It's going to get worse from here. And if you think next week's is worse, it's going to get worse the next week because we have to deal with incest. Sin, when it's surrounding your family, you know, as men, I think one of the things that, that really irritates me is like you're a, you're a man and you've been called to protect your home spiritually and physically. But are you sitting at the gate of Sodom? Are you sitting at the gate of Sodom? Have you allowed compromise in your own walk? Because when you allow compromise in your own walk, you're not aware that you are having a house that's surrounded by sin. You're not aware that the house is full of sin. Because you're blinded by your own thing. The same way that Lot was. He saw Sodom and he continued to keep moving closer and closer to it to the point where he was living in it. This is the first mention of a house in the Bible. And it's sin that's surrounding it. And you don't think the devil's trying to come after your family? The first mention of the Bible and you have surrounding sin and the devil using these men and Lot's like right there in it. We have to understand like God has called us to a life and a life more abundantly and the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can get through your door and let me tell you something, Lot had two angels protecting him. Because those men were coming in. We'll find that out next week. As men, we need to be careful that we don't allow our comfort to create compromise. That creates confusion and allows us to fall into sin. It's sad. It's like he's at the gate. He's at the gate and, and he's trying to get the godly men out of there. Instead of him, like, I got to get my family and let's go. Can I go with you? Like, he hasn't recognized it yet. But that's the life of a casual Christian. They don't catch it. That's the life of actually probably most of the Western church. As you have a lot of people that are just casually attending church, waiting to be served. And, and those things that we talked about where we talked about regularly being in service and being there for worship and worship is not you coming in when worship music starting but worship is you're actually coming in to the presence of God for the word of God as well as worship and we get all that and then we're there for fellowship because how do you intercede for somebody if you don't talk to them if you if you're just in and out how do you intercede for them how do you have intercessory prayer for somebody that you don't know? I was going to say next week we'll be in this, but we won't be. We have prayer next week. So what will happen next week is worship will begin because we are having worship next week. And then we'll start prayer. And if you think we're low this week, where do we do prayer? It's probably the most unattended service out of the church. And it's probably the most, one of the most needed in the church is prayer. I can give you a list of things to pray for right now for this church already. This burns me up, man. I better stop there. We're going to call it a, call it a night because if I get at it, I'm going to get at it and I'm going to light somebody because I, 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 I have no time for men who are casual in their faith. I don't have time for it.
And what I mean by that is, is God has called you to put your hands to the plow and keep moving forward. And when you're a casual Christian, you don't keep moving forward. You sit down at the gate and surround yourself by sinners. And the counsel that you get is ungodly. It goes against Psalm 1-1. When you look at Psalm 1-1, you're getting, your, your counsel is coming from ungodly people. And you're supposed to lead your home. I don't know how you do that. And some of you, your house is not surrounded by sin. Sin has taken over your house. Steal, kill, destroy. Your marriage, your children. Wake up. We have men's this week. Yeah, Saturday we have men's. I hope they show up. I pray they show up. I know Steve will be ready to teach. I'm ready to receive. I was so encouraged to hear that pastor on Sunday. I needed it. I'm so ready to go to the Texas-Oklahoma conference to hear. I need it too. I need to be preached at too. Mature in Christ. Don't become like Lot. You start bowing down to the wrong things. The things of this world. Remember, y'all gonna grab your favorite plate of food and you're gonna be checking it for hair. <laughs> How close is too close? If it's got, if it's, it's defiled. If there's a hair in it, it's defiled. Don't mess with it. Don't do it. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 